This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Okay, so this Shabbos is obviously Shabbos, uh, Parshas is uh, Shabbos Chazoin. So we want to go over some of the halachas that pertain to this Shabbos, as well as some of the, the detailed halachas, because Erev Tishabov is Shabbos, and Tishabov begins on Matzah Shabbos. So it's interesting, if you were to look in Shulchan Aruch, open up the pages of the Shulchan Aruch, and turn to Simitov Kof Nun Aleph, Sif Aleph, you'd be blown away. Because you'd see there two halachas that are not so common, and one is not practiced at all. If you look in the Ramon Shulchan Aruch, he basically derives the following Chiddush. He basically says that you're not allowed to wear Shabbos clothing during the week, during the nine days. You're not allowed to wear Shabbos clothing. The only person who's allowed to wear Shabbos clothing would be a bris. A bal bris, the father, the baby, the moil, the sandik maybe. But uh, other than that, no one else is allowed to wear Shabbos clothing during the week. Now this halacha is negeya. This halach is still relevant, and we're supposed to keep it still, that we're not supposed to be wearing Shabbos clothing throughout the week. So let's say, for example, many of us have two sets of clothing. We have our weekday clothing and our Shabbos clothing. And when we have big events, we put on our Shabbos clothing. So during the nine days, you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to wear your Shabbos suit during the week, or even your Shabbos hat, or even your Shabbos talis, the Paiskim right. Anything that's miyuchet for Shabbos should not be worn during the nine days. Now, the Ramah also seems to say that even on Shabbos, you don't wear your big day Shabbos. If you open up a Shulchan Aruch, the Ramah says, you don't wear big day Shabbos on Shabbos. Now, you go to any shul in the world and show me where they're not wearing Shabbos clothing on Shabbos. They're all wearing Shabbos clothing. But if you look in the Ramah, in the end of the 1500s, 1600s, that was the practice. The Jews were not wearing, they showed up on Shabbos in what? In their farm clothing. What did they wear? It says in Shulchan Aruch, they didn't wear Shabbos clothing. So the Mishtabru calls from the Vilna Gain, the Vilna Gain says, no, we don't follow this practice. We wear our Shabbos clothing on Shabbos. And... Oh, so the Archa Shulchan says, how can you not wear your Shabbos clothing on Shabbos? If you're not going to wear your Shabbos clothing on Shabbos, it's going to be Avelos Bifahesium. We all know you're not allowed to show outward Avelos on Shabbos. So the question is, so the Ramad didn't know this. So the Archa Shulchan explains the following. He says, you have to know the dress code of the late 1500s, 1600s. It was much like it is today. It wasn't like Shabbos you wore fancy clothing and during the week you wore farm clothing. On Shabbos and weekday dress was very, very much the same. The difference was in quality, the difference was in price, but wearing your weekday suit on Shabbos did not give off an impression that you're not keeping the Shabbos. Therefore, says the, says the Ramah, that's why the practice used to be, they used to wear uh, the weekday clothing. But says the Archashokhan, today, if you showed up on your weekday clothing on Shabbos, it would be a clear sign of Avelis for Shabbos. So later, Achrenim make the argument, so what about today? Many, of, many people today have what I call my weekday suit and my Shabbos, all suits. Right, I can get away with wearing this on Shabbos. So maybe for people like me, I should go back to wearing my uh, weekday clothing on Shabbos. Okay, it's not the practice. The accepted practice is that on Shabbos we switch our clothing. Mr. Burr says you should keep one article that you don't switch. But the rest of us, we switch our clothing and you can even wear freshly laundered. So let's say, for example, you brought your clothing into the dry cleaners before the nine days and now you have a fresh suit. You can wear that on Shabbos as well. Fresh suit, fresh shirt, all that is fine. But not new. I mean, let's say, for example, you bought a suit before the three weeks, you bought a suit before the nine days, and you want to wear it for the first time this Shabbos, that you cannot do, but everything else is okay. Now, Moshe Feinstein Paskin, as did many others, you're also permitted to polish your shoes tomorrow, the Chavit Shabbos, and you're also permitted to cut your nails. But in Edder on Shabbos, when we have our Halacha, we'll talk more about this, but if you want to cut your nails, the Chavit Shabbos, you can do that as well for sure tomorrow, you probably can even do it the whole week, but that's for sure Mutter as well. What about showers tomorrow? So again, if you look in Shulchan Aruch, 
Turn to the pages of the Ramah. The Ramah in Simito in Simito in Tovkov Nanalf Siftes says very clearly that on Friday Erev Shabbos Chazoin you can only wash pan of Yad Viraglov. You can only wash your hands, your face, and your uh, fans, feet, and legs. That's it. No full shower. So why is it that many people know or think that on Friday Erev Shabbos Chazoin you're allowed to have a full shower? That's based on a psak from Rav Moshe and Rav Hankin. Two of the great Gedoyle Apoiskim in America of the 20th century. And they both paskin that on Friday, for those who shower every Friday, which I think is almost all of us, we shower every Friday. Rav Moshe and Rav Hankin both paskin that since in America today, we're all really istinous. For us to go a whole week without a regular shower is very hard. So on Friday, you can be makeup. And that's why many people on Friday take a regular shower this Friday with soap and shampoo. That's fine. But again, I would just emphasize it shouldn't be a very long shower. It should be a, uh, you know, again, even though you can use hot water and soap and shampoo, it should still be a quicker than usual shower. It's not a time for you to think about your life and ponder the existence of being and mankind, whatever else you want to think about, you know, whether or not, uh, whatever is going to be. Soap up, leave. But again, it's not the same stringencies of a regular nine-day shower. The Archashulchan writes, and he records that in the Vardik, where he used to live, they used to lock up the Beis HaMerchatz. Again, before they had indoor plumbing, so if you wanted to take a shower, you had to go to the communal shower house. And they locked the shower house, therefore you couldn't take a shower. Today we have our own showers, we can do as we want. But nonetheless, many people today in America are saying, others are not. Plenty of people say, no, I follow the letter of the law. The letter of the law says you can only wash your face, your hands, and your, and your, and your feet. I don't want to give myself a full body shower. That's your prerogative, just... Maybe don't sit next to me on Shabbos. Sit maybe on the other side of the base marriage. But if you, especially now, it's very hot the next couple of days. But there's definitely Yesh Amilismach. If you want to take a regular warm hot water shower, you could do so this Friday. I saw a YouTube piece from Rabbi Vadia Yosef. Yeah. He said the Ashkenazim can do whatever they don't and not take a shower because they are Hamorim. <laughs> If Yitzhak Abadi has a piece in his safer where he screams about this, he says, people go a whole week without showering, they smell, they're repulsive to be around, it's an embarrassment, it's terrible, he gives a whole drusha. And, and he's not wrong. Again, we spoke about this in the past, I don't want to bog down with it, but the, the idea of the Isser is, is to enjoy the water. If you're going in because you're sweaty, and especially the way that we have, you're just trying to remove the zuama. You want to get rid of the sweat. You're not trying to enjoy the water. You're just sweaty. You're fashvitzed. That's mutter. Again, that shouldn't take an hour either. That can be done quickly. But again, I think people always you know, go to both extremes when it comes to this halach. Let's just finish up. Um, so again, so tomorrow is Erev Shabbos. You're not allowed to eat meat tomorrow, even if you're trying to taste the chalm, which you are allowed to eat on Shabbos, but you're not allowed to taste it unless you want to spit it out, which is... Slightly repulsive, but you can't taste food tomorrow uh, unless you're making early Shabbos. Obviously, if you make early Shabbos, and even though it's still daytime, you are allowed to eat basaviyayim. But Ramosh has one cooler. Ramosh says, let's say you have little kids at home, and your little kids are not staying up for the Suda, but they have their own Suda at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. So then Ramosh said, they're allowed to eat uh, chicken and meat at that Suda, because since for them this is their Suda Shabbos, they're not staying up till 8 o'clock. So therefore, Ramosh said they're allowed to have basar uh, at that suda. But other than that, you're not allowed to have basar until it becomes actual Shabbos. Now, there's a big discussion whether or not you're allowed to learn Torah, I mean the regular learning on Erev Tishabov. Let's see, this year Shabbos is Erev Tishabov. So the Mishtaburah quotes from the Taz, the Taz is Mekel. He said you can learn whatever you want on Erev Tishabov, even after Chatzos. Some people have a practice to only learn those things that you're allowed to learn on Tishabov. Here in the Shul, we're going to have our Halacha Shir after Chatzos, but we're going to be discussing Tishabov Halachas. But if, let's say, for example, the other Shul that take place at the other learning, there's definitely what to rely on to have regular learning Erev Tishabov after Chatzos. Uh, by Mincha on Shabbos, we're not going to say Sid Kasra. 
because it's Erev Tishabov by Mincha, and since Tishabov Ikri Moid, we're not going to say um, we're not going to say Sidkascha. Shal Shuz, many people are asking about this. So this Shabbos, the schedule at least here is going to be, we're going to have a shir at 5 o'clock, then we're going to have mincha, then everyone's going to go home for Shal Shudas, and you eat a regular Shal Shudas. There is no Siddhas and Mavsekas this year. Nothing, zero. There's no egg, there's no ashes, nothing, no sitting on the floor. It's a regular Shal Shudas. Ramosha Freidstein writes in the Tshuva that even if you normally don't eat Fleshiks for Shal Shudas, you may eat Fleshiks for Shal Shudas this year. So if you want to eat fleshiks, you can. You don't have to. There isn't a minority opinion amongst Paiskim that says you bedavka have to eat basra at shal shudas. To show everyone that it's not the Susan of Sekis, but you don't have to, but you may. But to regular, regular shal shudas, everything is normal as usual. You sing zmiris. If you have three men, you bench bezimun. It's a regular, regular shal shudas, except the fact that at shkia you have to stop eating. The Isra Achila starts at shkia. But the other inuyim, for example, you don't switch your shoes, you don't sit on the floor until it says So that's the only thing you have to keep an eye on the clock. Just remember what time it is shkia. Now, very important for Matzei Shabbos. Matzei Shabbos, we're going to make Havdola in the davening. We're going to say Atachan Antonu. We're going to make only Bayer That's the only part of Havdola that happens on Matzei Shabbos. We're going to do it here in the shul. Now, for those, let's say, for the women that are not going to be here in shul, they're going to be at home. So there's a big machlekes apayis kimeis and aber alacha and al chashabis whether or not women can make their own bayimireish. Roiv paiskim hold that a lady can make her own bayimireish. So if your wife is going to be home, she's not coming to shul. She's going to miss the bayimireish here in shul. So she could just make bayimireish at home. Others disagree and they say the husband should not see the bayimireish in shul and he might see his wife back at home. Now, it's just worth mentioning that you should not clean up from Shabbos until Sunday after Chatzos. I know for many people who like to have a clean house, it's a little frustrating, but you really shouldn't be doing any dishes, any major cleaning, unless it's going to cause, you know, you, know, you can't leave certain things out, it's going to cause bugs, infestation, things like that. But other than that, the basic cleaning up from Shabbos should really wait until after Chatzos on Sunday afternoon. But Lineder, on the Shir on Shabbos, it's going to make everyone want to show up to the Shir, we're going to discuss when do the restrictions finally uh, go away. Is it after Tishabov, or do we have to wait till after Chatzos on Monday afternoon? That we will be neither discuss in the Shir on Shabbos. But it is worth noting if you know someone in your family that needs to eat on Tishabov, so they need to make Havdalah. They need to make Havdalah whenever they'll eat, whether it'll be Matzah Shabbos, or it'll be Sunday morning, whether it'll be Sunday afternoon, they need to recite Havdalah. We don't pass like to Ramban. The Ramban is brought down in the Ram Besachatainis, as well in his Teres Adam. He has a big Chiddush. He says that you don't have to make Havdalah when Tisha B'Av falls out on Sunday. It's widely rejected, although Reb Chaim what? I didn't get there yet. One second, got to first see if you have to make Havdalah. Reb Chaim Kenevsky writes a letter to his Shver, Abeliyashiv, where he thinks you don't have to make Havdalah. His Shver says back to him, I know I, I disagree with you. I don't know where he holds now Reb Chaim Kenevsky on it. But the accepted practice is, even though the Dvar Yeshua writes, Yeshua Ehrenberg, he writes that he never saw anywhere in Poland ever a choyle make Havdalah when Tisha fell out this way. But the contemporary priest can all write that if you know someone who's going to be ill or is, you know, uh, potentially going to be ill, they should make Havdalah. What do they make Havdalah on? So according to everyone except for the Biskarov, they make Havdalah on Chamar Medina. The Biskarov had a chiddish that they can make Havdalah on wine slash grape juice, but the more accepted practice is to make uh, Havdalah on Chamar Medina. Again, there's much more to talk about this, but if it's not negated to anyone, hopefully it shouldn't be negated. Everyone should be healthy, they should be able to fast. But if you know someone who needs to eat, man or woman, so we'll talk about this a little bit more in the Shiran Shabbos afternoon, they should make Havdalah prior to eating. And we will again, on Sunday night, we're going to make Havdalah again. Not in the Shemana Esri, we're going to make Havdalah Sunday night before we eat, just a la kais. 
And that, according to the Mishnabura, can be wine or grape juice. According to Aruch HaShokhan, only Chamar Medina. But the more accepted practice is like the Mishnabura, that that Sunday night Havdalah can be recited over wine or grape juice, but some Amachmir for the Aruch HaShokhan. Okay, Mitzvah Shem on Sunday, uh, on Shabbos afternoon, we'll talk about some of the other halachas, but these are some of the basic things we need to know going into tomorrow and to the beginning of Tisha